You're listening to Spirited Spirits, a spooky-centric podcast where we enjoy a spirit while we talk about spirits. I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. Thanks for joining us. And apologies for the unexpected month-long hiatus. Um, Drew and I both got COVID. Yep. (laughs) So first Drew got it, and I was hoping I would avoid it, but then unfortunately I started to feel bad just as he was kind of on the upswing of feeling better, so... (laughs) Yeah. And also, you might hear our dog in the background this episode because <laughs> we just <laughs> we just got him a new werewolf, werewolf toy. toy. <laughs> and he is very excited about this. Um, Hopefully so, he doesn't rip it apart in about five seconds. Right. And so, um, yeah, so a month. And I feel like it's been taken that long to really get back to normal. Well, I mean, just, yeah, I mean... We could have probably recorded last weekend, but we were both having to clear our throats constantly. I was on allergy meds um, for a while, and I just felt like if we wanted to record and not sound like constantly (coughs) the whole time, we needed to wait a little bit longer, so. Right. So, we're back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, and you know, so tonight's topic now is going to be a bit late, because I was hoping to cover this back in July, because... July 7th marked the 75th anniversary of the Roswell incident. It's so huge, huge incident. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume most of you have probably heard about the Roswell UFO crash and the subsequent cover-up. Um, but before I began investigating, um, before I really began investigating the case, I thought I knew everything there was to know about it, but I was wrong. Um, there's just so much more to the story. I watched several documentaries and... I read the 75th anniversary edition of Witness to Roswell, Unmasking the Government's Biggest Cover-Up by Don Schmidt and Tom Carey. Uh, Great book. The authors interviewed more than 600 witnesses, either directly or indirectly associated with the Roswell incident. And I'm going to just go over the basics of the story and what some of the main witnesses have said, but I really encourage our listeners to read the book and learn more if you're interested in this topic. I think... I know this is this sounds pretty bad, but the only like Roswell, I know I know like the basic bones of it, but I feel like the most I learned about it was probably from X Files. Yeah, <laughs> and and I know there was a a show called Roswell from a long time ago. Yeah, and like but CW it was like, it was like aliens came down to Earth and they were dating humans, and I, <laughs> and I wasn't a big fan of that one. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I'm an X Files guy, and so that didn't. That didn't jive with that same vibe. Right. I get (laughs) it. So it's really, to me, the legacy of Roswell and the fact that the government has now admitted to investigating UFOs or what they're now calling UAPs or unidentified aerial phenomena that I really find fascinating. So so first I'm going to kind of refresh our memories about what happened back in July of 1947 and provide some evidence that proves the U.S. government lied to the American public about what happened. And then I'll explain how the legacy of Roswell continues to shape our society. Okay. So um, you wanted to tell them tonight? We're just, <laughs> we're just drinking wine. We're just drinking some white wine. I think. Some yeah. But if you wanted to keep with the theme, you could do the um, Little Green Men drink. That we did on the Alien podcast yes. a while back. Yes. Um, we thought about making it, but then we realized we didn't have any more of the Midori, like right. the green the green stuff. Right. So we were just like, yeah, we'll just drink some wine because we already have that in the fridge. Um, so let's get started. Sounds you ready? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. 
So author and UFO investigator Don Schmidt believes the crash occurred in the early morning of July 2nd, 1947. There was a severe lightning storm that night and witnesses described hearing an explosion and seeing red lights in the sky. One woman who saw the red lights said that she thought it was a plane in distress, having been struck by lightning and then crashing to the earth. The following morning, Mac Brazel, foreman of the Foster Ranch, located southeast of Corona, New Mexico, and Timothy D. Proctor, who was the seven-year-old son of Mac's closest neighbors, found strange debris in a field on the ranch. So that part you probably know, right? right? Apparently, Mac was pissed because, A, he had to move the sheep around this strange debris. Um, So that was kind of difficult. I guess he was worried that the sheep would try and eat it, just like goats eat anything. I guess sheep will do the same. Yeah. And then, B, he was also wondering who was going to have to clean up this junk that that was on the ranch in the field. So after he was able to get the sheep, they actually, I guess, were kind of afraid of whatever this debris was. He was able to kind of move them around it, and he picked up some of the debris and began inspecting it to see what it could be from. It was unlike anything he'd ever seen before. It was a thin metal, similar to tinfoil, but much stronger. And when he bent it or crumpled the metal in his hand, it would straightened back out completely. Mm-hmm. So Mac and Dee took a few samples of the debris to show Dee's parents. Loretta Proctor was the third person to inspect the material. And she also confirmed it was very thin, lightweight, and would straighten back out when, when bent. So you know, right. you know, aluminum foil, you right. crumple it up or you bend it, it still leaves that indentation. Right. It's not gonna it's not gonna like this would straighten back up completely. Right. It's pretty odd. Yeah. So, I think, and the other thing too is it's him being like pissed, like who's gonna clean this up? Like, clean up this shit. <laughs> who's gonna clean this shit up? Yeah. And I think that's that's funny because that, that's just such a you know, I don't know, like a, a way of thinking, like oh yeah, who's gonna? He's clean more this bothered up? He, by. He's it. more bothered by the things that on his property than. What is this? Right. Did this fall from the sky? Yeah. Could I make money off of this? And like... I don't think he was immediately thinking, oh, it's a UFO. Right. He's just thinking, what the hell fell, fell in this field? You know, he's right. like, he's just like pissed off that there's something that's crashed that right. he now has to pick up this shit. Okay. Got it. So later, Mac would bring some of the debris with him to Wade's Bar in Corona. He showed some of his friends the metal pieces and they suggested he report it to the sheriff's office. So on Sunday, which was his day off, he drove the 75 miles to Roswell with two boxes of debris from the crash site. When he arrived, Mac spoke to Deputy Sheriff B.A. Bernie Clark, who then proceeded to call Sheriff George M. Wilcox to tell him that Brazel, what Brazel had found. Initially, Sheriff Wilcox didn't seem interested in doing anything about it. It wasn't until he got a call from a Roswell radio announcer by the name of Frank Joyce that the sheriff realized the importance of what Mac had found. Frank worked at KGFL, and he often called Sheriff Wilcox to ask him for information for the radio station's news reports. So he'd say, hey, man, hey, you got anything I can report on, right? Right. So Wilcox told him, about the debris that Mac had found. 
He then handed the phone to Mac so that he could explain further. The men agreed the material could be from a potential flying saucer. See, what you need to understand here is this is just the very beginning of the whole UFO flying saucer craze. Right, it's right around that time. It was about a week before the Roswell incident that amateur pilot Kenneth Arnold was flying his plane over Mount Rainier when he claimed to see the bright lights of an unidentified flying object. He reported the incident to the East Oregonian newspaper and the story took off. Soon newspapers were using the term flying saucer and offering rewards for evidence mm -hmm. of UFOs. Right. And so like at the bar and you're explaining this stuff. And of course the group think thing is, oh yeah, it's going to be a flying saucer. Right. And, you know, let's get some money. Right. So Frank Joyce, though, the radio guy, suggested that they call Roswell Army Air Airfield, R-A-A-F. This was an important military base at the time. It housed the 509th Bomber Squadron, which was the same group that had dropped the atomic bomb on Nagasaki during the war. So, hmm. they thought if anyone would know about this, you know, what this, whatever this craft was that crashed, surely to goodness, they would know. Right. So... The sheriff called military base and reported that they had found debris from a possible flying saucer on the Foster Ranch. The next day, which was Monday, July 7th, two intelligence officers arrived on the scene of the crash site, which is approximately three-fourths of a mile in length. Major Jesse Marcel and Captain Sheridan Cavett examined, collected, and took some of the debris with them. Marcel allegedly took pieces of the material home with him, and he showed his wife and his 11-year-old son. He is quoted as saying that it was nothing, like nothing made on this earth. It's interesting that no one is, like, concerned about any type of radiation. Uh, was radiation a thing really back then? I mean, they dropped an atomic bomb on Nagasaki. You think that at that point they'd be like, you know, yeah, hey, here's know. this like material that fell from the sky. You know, we just dropped this bomb, mm -hmm. atomic bomb. Like, should we not be concerned about, you know, radiation or, or whatever? Would they have had anything? I wonder if they would have anything to be able to detect radiation at that point. I mean, you're probably right. But I'm, I'm just curious. I don't know. No. I didn't see that in my research. Right. Um... Okay, so on Tuesday, July 8th, the Roswell Daily Record ran a front page article. You've likely seen it. It reads, mm -hmm. yep. RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. It's an old black and white image of the newspaper. It's, it's iconic. It's, it's iconic, for sure. For sure. So, at that point, a full-scale cleanup of the debris was underway, with 50 to 60 troops searching the ranch for the material. What's interesting here is that Mac was taken into custody and held for five days at RAAF. He was repeatedly questioned about who he had talked to, who he had shown the debris to during that time. And then military men began threatening citizens who had seen or possibly taken pieces of the wreckage of the craft. They were warned not to speak about what they'd seen. When Mac was finally released, 
which was which the military actually escorted him to local newspapers and radio stations and he had to explain that what he had found he had been mistaken that it wasn't a flying saucer he now believed it was a downed weather balloon hmm. So this is after him being questioned right. by the military for five days. He's right. saying, "Oh, I, this isn't really this. This wasn't a flying saucer. This wasn't a craft. This it was just a weather balloon. I was mistaken." But here's the thing: Mac knew what a weather balloon looked like. In fact, many of the local residents in and around Roswell were familiar with weather balloons. They were gonna... often. Yeah, they were often set out into the atmosphere, and then they would come down crashing into the earth. They knew exactly what weather balloons look like. They often found I was going to ask that because that's, I mean, I don't know what a weather balloon looks like. It's just not, like tinfoil and a balloon. Right. But, I mean, if I if I had seen, like, a piece of that crash on, like, my property when I, you know, at this time, I'd be like, oh, it's, a, you know, a flying saucer. Right. I, I'd buy completely into that. You would? I think so. Well, what what's interesting is they've actually said that some of the material that was found, and this is just in a few reports that I saw, that there were some strange markings on it. Oh, okay. Now, a weather balloon likely wouldn't have those strange markings. Right. They said they were almost like hieroglyphics. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, so the military held a press conference at the 8th Air Force Headquarters in Fort Worth, Texas. They explained that the debris was simply a misidentified weather balloon. So they're kind of all getting their stories like, here, here's right. what can, it is. Yeah, you, We're going to clarify. Clarifying the story. So when Major Jesse Marcel returned from Fort Worth to Roswell, he was ordered by Brigadier General Roger Ramey to pose for pictures with the remains, quote unquote, <clears throat> of the weather balloon. Now, decades later, Jesse said in interviews that what he saw in the field, the debris that he actually had collected and shown his family, right, was not from a weather balloon. He said General Ramey knew it was not a weather balloon, that it crashed, but they had him pose with pieces of the weather balloon for the media. So they swapped out the debris. Right, for pieces of a weather balloon. For pieces of the weather balloon. That sounds about right. I mean, if you're trying to stop, like, mass... UFO hysteria. Right. How are you going to do that? You have to control the situation by constructing a narrative, mm-hmm. and then you have that proof of said narrative. So what do you do? You take a picture of yourself with a weather balloon. Yeah. And this was one of the intelligence offers, Jesse Marcel, specifically, right. who they had kind of be the fall guy, like saying, oh, no, 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 this is just a weather balloon. Here's here's what we got. See? Right. See, it's just a weather balloon. Nothing to see here. So once the military claimed it was just a weather balloon, the media soon lost interest in the story. It wasn't until the 80s or 90s that the true story, quote unquote, of what really happened near Roswell came to light. And I use true again with quotations there because the military came up with another story after witnesses came forth with more information. So in 1994, the Air Force admitted it had been a cover-up. They claimed the debris Mac found had actually been a top-secret project known as Project Mogul. During Project Mogul, the military used a listening device attached to weather balloons to detect sound waves from potential Soviet weapons. 
So they are claiming it's weather balloons. It's still they're still saying it's a weather balloon, but, but they're, they're to- but they're saying there's a listening device attached yeah, to it. This time and they're that's saying what made it talk top secret. Yeah. Yep. Uh, smell bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yes, but Project Mogul didn't explain all the witness accounts, especially those that claim to have seen dead alien bodies. See, that's the part that I remember. Okay. Like, that part. So. Barbara Duger, or Dugar, granddaughter of Sheriff Wilcox, said her grandmother told her that her grandfather had gone to the crash site and saw not only the debris from the craft, but also alien bodies. She claims the military threatened her grandfather, and it was eventually what drove him mad. Yeah, because if you see something you can't explain, you're never given an explanation for it right and you're told that you're you're threatened to be quiet to be Mm -hmm. hush about you can't tell anybody Mm -hmm. that would drive me insane like if i saw an alien body i can't explain that and you're telling me that you're not gonna give me an explanation at all and i have to be quiet about for my entire life i'm gonna be questioning everything until mother until i die yeah (laughs) so yeah i think that's essentially what happened to him Former military hospital secretary Miriam Andrea Bush told her family that her supervisor had escorted her into an examination room where several small bodies were on gurneys. Now, at first, she thought they were dead children, but then she realized their skin was grayish brown, their heads were abnormally large, and their large eyes did not shut. Like, I guess they didn't have eyelids, maybe, or something. Right. She later told her parents, I am never to say another word about what I saw. None of you ever heard me say anything about it. So, that's a military hospital secretary. Right. So, on the 50th anniversary of the crash, which was in 1997, the the Air Force provided another explanation for the incident. At least one that explained the the alien bodies that people claim to have seen. They said the bodies were likely just test dummies, mannequins that the military had used in high altitude parachute drops. It's interesting that the military, when they bring forth these like explanations, mm-hmm. it's just like they're peppering out like, you know, breadcrumbs of bullshit like where it's like it's like oh yeah it was was like it was weather balloons oh Mm -hmm. it was weather balloons with listening device for the soviets oh yeah those bodies you saw they were just mannequins they're just mannequins yeah and it's like these like little things like peppered throughout history and and explanations where it's just like they're kind of like waving their hand like oh no this is Mm -hmm. this over here Mm mm-hmm yeah, well, the problem is that those types of experiments weren't performed until the 50s. So the government would actually use mannequins as part of these. They were trying to practice for manned space, the manned space program, right. to prepare to send men into space. So you're telling me that the military, with their explanation, didn't even get their own fucking timeline right. Exactly. So they're saying that... It was 1947, but they didn't start those type of experiments until 1950. Yes. So they're three years, like... Yeah. Yeah, they said people were just confused. (laughs) They said people were confused about the time frame. (laughs) 
So people witnessed Roswell, and then they got their time frame confused when they also witnessed the mannequins. Got it. Yeah. So, um, not to mention, the government has admitted to studying unidentified flying objects. First, there was Project Blue Book, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, was allegedly terminated in December of 1969. Then there was the bombshell New York Times article from December 2017, which I'm going to, we need to make sure we post that in the um, show notes so that we can link to that and people can see it because I think it's really important. It revealed the Pentagon had funded the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, also known as ATIP, through the the Department of Defense's annual budget. So this was a subsection, I guess, of that department. They were funding ATIP. ATIP investigated reports of unidentified flying objects by service members. Um, You've probably seen the video of the, um, what do they call it, the Tic Tac. The Tic Tac video of the little thing. That seen, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like shows up on the radar and they're like witnessing yes. it. And you can hear the, the guy, the guy talking it about is. it. He's like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Right. Um, and they said that ATIP was shut down in 2012, allegedly. But here's an interesting thing. Much of the program money went to Las Vegas-based aerospace research company Bigelow Airspace which is, of course, run by billionaire entrepreneur Robert Bigelow. And guess what property Robert Bigelow owned and conducted research on for different types of paranormal activity and UFO research? I I don't know, but I bet you do. Yeah, I do. What is it? Skinwalker Ranch. Ah. And that's where we're going to pick up on next week. I am so excited to talk about Skinwalker Ranch. It's been a fascination for me for some you, years. You have been kind of obsessed with that. For well, yeah. Some, yeah. And I'm reading um, the, book. the book right now, and I've been watching shows about it, and I'm excited right. to well, talk about it. So before we end, I want to talk about, like, kind of roswell and aliens like and just like media yeah and the, so, the kind of um yeah so like the whole idea of like aliens and alien abductions and stuff in roswell like roswell is you know that's what they're known for mm-hmm. now i mean you go you go anywhere near there yeah now it's a whole tourist attraction right yeah, yeah. and so but just kind of thinking about like in the 90s and my own experience like your own experience like, with Ben no, to Roswell? No, 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 no. Like with, <laughs> with, I'm talking more along lines of like aliens and media. Like I'm talking. You've had an experience with aliens and no, the media? No, no. <laughs> just said. I'm talking about like X Files and stuff, like movies. Yeah. Okay, and so you're not actual experience. You're no. Just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so go but, ahead. But my whole thing is, is like, they, the whole, um, like in movies and 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 TV shows, the way that aliens are portrayed is from Roswell. Yes. And how Everything. they have defined mm-hmm. what those bodies looked like. Mm-hmm. And and so they, and especially in like real world accounts, like also that have turned into movies like Fire in the Sky, which I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Like the, the way that those extraterrestrials are portrayed are the same way as Roswell. Right. So I'm, well, what yeah. I'm saying is, is like, 
There were definitely reports of flying saucers or unidentified flying objects, which they didn't really call them UFOs back then. I, I think they called flying saucers. Flying saucers was kind of the term. Right. Um, but it really kind of like came to a head with Roswell. Roswell was the first major media incident other than mm-hmm. that brief right before with the Mount Rainier right. um but Roswell was really, truly the first time that it was really big in the media and the government had admitted it because there was a press release that went out initially saying the RAAF captures flying saucer, like right. evidence of a flying saucer. And then they like about face and say, oh, 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 wait, I'm sorry. We were wrong. We got confused. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. Um, it was actually a weather balloon. We couldn't tell the difference between tinfoil and some, uh, you know, weird alien metal. So you have this, like, you have this moment in history where it's like the government admits it and then covers it up quickly afterward. And the media drops the story. And you hear, you know, you, you still continue to hear, like, you know, in the 60s and 70s, there's starting to be stories of UFOs and stuff going on. But mm-hmm. um, it isn't really to the 90s that it bubbles back up about Roswell. And um, Jesse Marcel starts coming forward, I think, in the 80s and 90s, saying, you know, what he experienced, that this was not a weather balloon. Right. That the material he brought home to his family was actually unknown to him. Like, right. unlike anything he'd, he'd witnessed on Earth before. It was so important that he brought it home to show his family before it was officially, um, you know, top secret evidence. Right. And there's, it's, so two things. Well, one, so I didn't know this until recently, but like, you know, I guess maybe since the report came out in 2017, like there's a thing of UFO Twitter Mm. Which is like this whole community based on like trying to find evidence of UFOs and looking at people's reports from the 2017. And like, there, I mean, it's a very interesting community for mm. sure. Mm. Um, so, but I mean, like, it's very like they're they're doing the work to try to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. My whole thing too, though, is like I want to ask you, like, when you look back, I like you know you growing up and stuff like that what would you say like it like as a movie or a tv show like with aliens like what mm-hmm. what, what would be one that you remember that's kind of more along the lines of like that roswell thing not like alien mm-hmm. with a xenomorph mm-hmm. or something like that but like more of like the grays what do you feel like is something well, you I, watched? I was terrified like i well i i watched unsolved mystery so i saw when they covered roswell and mm-hmm. that was pretty spooky um and fascinating to me um and anytime i watched any of those shows when they and they showed the alien gray the typical face with the big black eyes with those mesmerizing like hypnotic black eyes terrified me i i just yeah um but i yeah i mean i i've been fascinated but also like um spooked by the idea that like right um you know that this could be that this whatever these these beings are and well and okay and so let me just say this 
So I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts about um, not just Roswell, but about aliens and UFOs. And I watched, um, wasn't it about a month or two ago that I sent you the, when they were live um, uh, yes. in, the, in Congress and they were discussing what the evidence that they had found? Yes. Um, from ATIP and stuff and everything that was going on. And they were saying like, um, has there been, uh, uh, have, have they found, um, UAPs, evidence of UAPs, um, and the technology that the government has, has used to, to, for its own benefit. And the guy was like, sir, that would better be discussed in, um, private, in, in, a closed right. session closed session like, yeah they don't want so, and then they said well okay has there been evidence of um this technology for um water what did they say for um submerged uh technology like yes, where the, like, sub, like submarines and stuff. yes and they said have have we um known about evidence of that and they said sir that would best be discussed in closed session and i'm like oh shit because you it's know not a, it's not a yes you or know no. it's yeah they're like no they have evidence of it they're clearly saying yes right. we have information we cannot disclose to the public right we we can discuss it but in closed session when it's not being filmed right. that to me is fascinating that to me is just, oh my god! Like, and, I, and the thing holy is, shit. The internet is one of those places where I bet you, like, somebody has that. That they have, they're they have the there's... ability to leak that yeah. because that's. I mean, if any. Well, I haven't seen it. If it's been leaked, right? That would be fascinating. So if you have that, send it to us because we <laughs> want to see us, guys. it. Um, um, but you, I'm sorry, you asked me about like a show or a movie right. that like because really... there's something, there's always I feel like there's a panic like uh, if you're like into spooky stuff, there's always that one thing that's like alien type of thing. I that, mean that 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 interests you, but also kind of frightening. Like you I said, bit. the the real stuff has always been more terrifying to me than anything else. Like the fantasy, like obviously I was scared of alien and aliens. That's not what um, I'm saying. Though. I know I'm what you're saying. More. I know you're I know what you're saying. Like Cuz those much. are terrifying. You're talking about grace. I know. But what I'm saying is I would watch shows and I and again, like unsolved mysteries or one of those shows where they would discuss people who had claimed, like Betty and Barney Hill, who claimed to be abducted. And they talk about, like, um, having instruments and things Mm -hmm. that weren't... That that shit does scare the hell out of me. That The idea that that could happen, that that these things are happening to people. Um, And I can't give you a specific example of a show other than maybe Unsolved Mysteries. Right. Um... Okay, so, okay. I, so you've got you're I've ready got my, to go. I've I want to hear. It. I want to hear what yours. So are. I'm going to give you three. Okay. Because I have three in the chamber. Okay. So number one is that Are You Afraid of the Dark episode on <gasps> the Thirteenth Floor? That, but so, that's not a real life thing. Hold on, no, no, no. It's a it's a show. I'm it's telling, a great. I, I, that's a fantastic episode. But what I'm saying is, it. it but it, it's not real life. It's not real life. I'm not saying that. I'm saying a show that piques your interest and also terrifies you in thinking about. Like aliens and like stuff like that. Okay. That's the first one. The thirteenth. Because I remember watching that as a kid and me like, what the fuck? We showed our kid that. Yeah. And he was terrified, but also interested in it because I think that's the thing. Here's okay. Here's the second one. Okay. okay. The second one, I'm trying to think of time timeline was okay. So 
this was, and I think I talked about this one on the last Alien episode we did. Okay. It was called The Incident at Silver Lake, I think. Oh, that's, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, the, you know, back in the day. Found pre, footage. Pre, 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 like, streaming things. You know, you watch the things on the TV, and I feel like an old man for saying that, but you you would just, like, happen upon shows and movies. Right. And so one of them was, like, this found footage, like, the one of the first found footage things I've ever, ever. seen. Yeah, I mean, it was and, before Blair Witch. Right. And it was about a family, like, having Thanksgiving, and the kid had, this kid, teenager, had a camera, and... An alien spaceship drops down in the forest behind their house and just wrecks havoc. And, like, it's fucking terrifying because it's like the greys mm-hmm. that are associated with Roswell. Mm-hmm. They come down in a flying it's saucer. It's a little bit like the Hopkinsville uh, yes. stuff, too, where yeah, they're but, kind of attacking this family. Yes, they attack this the... family. Like, the family has to barricade themselves in the house with guns. The The... Aliens are coming through the windows or like trying to find their way in. It's yeah, like, it's see, very, I wonder if they were inspired. It's very Hopkinsville. well, it's very also pre signs, right. like so. There's that. Then taking that a step further, there's fire in the sky, mm-hmm. which that movie is in communion, too. Oh, I don't know what communion. What's com- hold on? We're hold on. We're going. Let me okay. So, fire in the sky is terrifying because that one is the one about a, like true life story of a guy getting abducted Says and the way they did de- like depict the actual mm-hmm. abduction is terrifying mm-hmm. not exactly how he thought it how he said it was but communion has christopher walken just well that's gonna be terrifying no matter what oh, you haven't seen that one I feel I like I've I... seen part of this. And this is based on a true story. It's Stryber, uh, Whitley Stryber. Yeah, Whitley Stryber. So we need to watch this. We're having an alien night. And we're going to have an alien night. But see, it's that face. Look at that. T- it has this, these, these the grays. Almond, the almond eyes. Yes, the grays with their almond black eyes and their like tiny little slivers of mouths in their noses they have this demonic right. look i swear to god so, it's just terrifying that's what used to scare the shit out of me as a kid so i think that i mean and in, in then going into like x-files and then me being yeah, obsessed with x-files, x-files and stuff yeah. like that like i've always been very interested mm-hmm. in like extraterrestrials and stuff and like seeing what's out there because there's spaces of vast yeah. vast vast area there's also though some evidence that it's not actually out of space um there so again i t- i've i've mentioned i'm kind of going a roundabout way here sorry guys we're kind of all, we're going off into different directions but um i mentioned that i've been listening to podcasts and one of the things they talked about is the, is it really interspace like interstellar kind of travel or is this interdimensional are we talking oh, about like beings the multiverse? from yeah well beings from another dimension mm. they've also they they've also talked about or hypothesized that could these be time travelers could these be humans being like beings that have evolved over time and then oh, traveled shit. to our time to witness incidents that have happened well just it's just a theory i'm not saying i believe it but it's just interesting to hear that hypothesis look all i'm saying is i'm kind of multiversed 
out because of Marvel. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't want, know if I want any more multiverse because I'll tell you this, I'm kind of over the multiverse. You don't want to believe that there's a dark timeline Drew out there. No, there's probably definitely a dark time Drew out there, and that guy has a handlebar mustache, dark mustache. <laughs> Like, no gray hair. It's all black. Probably drinks his coffee you were, black. You were dark timeline, Drew, one time when I had you dye your hair. Yeah, never again. It is not a good look for it you. Was it not? <laughs> okay. the fucking rails here. All now. right, all right, all right. We're going, yeah, we're going way beyond. All right, so listeners, what do you think crashed outside of Roswell, New Mexico in July of 1947? Do you believe the military story that it was Project Mogul? Or do you think it was a spacecraft that was piloted by alien beings and they found the bodies? Hey, we want to hear from you. We'd like to hear your opinion. Email us at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. That's contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at spiritedspirits and Instagram at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast. Yeah, and also, yeah, Instagram, if you follow us on Instagram, say hi. Yes, we'd love to hear. We, we would love. There's been a, a few comments here and there, people who've, like, reached out and said hi. We love to hear from you all, so please do. Be our friends. Be our friends. Talk to us. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and we hope you keep listening to us. Yeah, we're back on track now, guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, again, we apologize for the... Um, the blip, but the blip. Hopefully, we're done with COVID. <laughs> the this blip, year. like like Thanos <laughs> snapped his fingers, but it was COVID. Yeah, but we're back. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man snapped again. See, you're talking about Marvel again. Now we're back into Marvel. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we hope you keep listening. Right. So thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll continue to listen every week as you we talk about spirits and other spooky shit. <laughs> And while we sip on spirits. Or wine. Or Just wine. wine. Just wine. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.